Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis, pastor and overseer of Zion Word Ministries International. For more information about Zion Word, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Jeremiah chapter 3 today and verse 15. Praise the Lord. One elderly man came up to me one time and he said, You know about that prophet Jeremiah? Jeremiah. Well, that's what you call that southern draw from Arkansas there, I guess. Actually, it's pronounced Jeremiah, I believe. I had a couple of subjects I was going to get on, but the Lord brought me to this one for this morning, so that's what we'll do today. I will give you pastors according to my heart, that's Jeremiah 3.15, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Everybody find it today. Jeremiah 3.15. I will give you pastors. God says he will give pastors. They're not voted in. If God doesn't give the pastor, you don't have one. Not even worthy of one. So I'm not talking to this church. I'm talking to that camera right there. I want to be nice this morning. Everybody say to the camera. We're preaching to the camera. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I will give you pastors according to my heart. In other words, not necessarily what you think you need and the kind of ministry you think you need. God will give the kind of pastor he, he wants to put over you, that's right, over you, and will help you. Amen. Feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, how many wants it? Amen. Well, this is one way God's going to do it. Praise the Lord. A pastor will feed you with knowledge and understanding. That could also bring in wisdom. See. Now, the second verse I want to look at is, is John 21 to 15 today, St. John. Praise the Lord. Read a few verses here, John 21 to 15. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon the Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, love me more than these. He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Now that's young people. So that's the reason I was talking to the young people just for a minute here this morning. Jesus told Peter, who became a pastor also, and also an apostle, this and that, uh, to feed the lambs. Now, one way a pastor feeds the lambs is to delegate authority and train certain ones to teach the lambs. Because one person can't do it all and shouldn't even try. But it's, it, it's a, a chain of command type thing in the church for the betterment of the flock. Praise the Lord. He said to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? And he said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said, Feed my sheep. Now that's the old ones. <laughs> that's the older people. 
that's also older spiritually. You'll never outgrow the pastor. Now, the negative is you can't get above the pastor. So you better pray for me that God's going to take me up a notch. Glory to God. I feel it coming on. My concern is, is why don't folks want to come up a notch themselves? What I'm saying is God's not going to allow anybody in the church to come up a notch above the pastor. That's the reason so many churches are dormant in their word level. I even question if they even got a pastor because God continually gives supernatural revelation and understanding to the under-shepherd for the purpose of feeding the sheep. It's actually the ministry of Christ. It's not a person, but it's an office that God operates through for the betterment of those that are listening. So then the pastor then can give inspiration, which should move your emotions sometimes toward Christ. A pastor can give information which should stimulate your thinking. You should be challenged to think and ponder what you hear. If you've got a closed mindset, then you're not going to grow. So there should be a challenge that comes from time to time to the congregation to, to step it up a notch in the spirit man. Okay. Then, verse 17, he said to them the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because unto him the third time, lovest thou me? Uh, some think he was thinking about when he denied the Lord three times here. And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. Can I have the amen there? You know us that I love thee. Jesus said, again, he said, feed my sheep. Now, There's only two reasons why people cannot grow. The first reason is they don't want to grow. They're not teachable. Or the second reason could be the one doing the teaching doesn't know any more than them. One person said, I've got to go to, I got to, go to a church that, where the pastor knows more than me. Well, if that's true, so be it. But let's don't get egotistical here because... Let me ask you a question. Have you learned enough to know that you don't know very much? See, a person thinks they know everything, they don't know hardly anything. After a while, you get to a place, Lord, I need, I'm the one that needs to be sitting at the feet of the Master and being taught here. But the Lord knows what He's doing, doesn't He? That was the call, that was the challenge, that was the command to, the, to Peter the Apostle, to feed the lambs and feed the sheep. Goats, you get to starve. Glory to God. Now look over at Acts chapter 20. I like what somebody said about the goats. Said, uh, we got to dehorn the goats and shear the sheep and skin the wolves. I like that. I like that. That's funny. It's true. Glory to God. Acts 20 and verse 28. Now here we've got another account. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the, which the Holy Ghost has made you the overseers to feed the church of God. Amen. Which he has purchased with his own blood. Now that's a serious thing right there. In other words, the Godhead is entrusting a person 
to feed the flock that Jesus bought and paid for. That's heavy. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you and spare not the flock. Now I thought about that. The great apostle Paul, didn't he mentor anyone to take his place? Well, Timothy, that's only one person. No one in the Bible says many are called and few are chosen. So see, there isn't very many that can step up and take the Apostle Paul's place. Not me, I couldn't do it. But you'd think that there'd have been someone, and so I'll leave that in the hands of the Lord. The truth is, is when Paul died, demon wolves did come in and scatter the sheep. And he was worried about that. He was concerned about that. He, he was grieved about that. But the Lord knows what it's going to take to, to get people uh, straightened up. Sometimes hard times has to hit us before we'll wake up, see. So, anyway, we'll leave that with the Lord. The charge was to... Um, to feed the flock, basically. Feed the flock, feed the sheep. Jesus referred to us as sheep. Then in First Peter chapter 5 today, praise the Lord. And let's look at verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Now here it comes to Peter again. Uh, Peter writes and says, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight. Therefore, uh, excuse me, thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for a filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. In other words, we're not supposed to take the oversight as a pastor for money. And yet, nine out of ten that you hear on TV, radio, Whatever, wherever, it always comes down to the money. Doesn't it? Now, it, it isn't wrong to receive offerings because that's the way that God operates the kingdom of God on this earth right now. But when you begin to beg and plead for money, then you're not operating in faith. Jesus never begged and pleaded for money. Yet they've been on TV, all the ministries going down and start crying and, you know, and what are we going to do? And we owe $3 million a day and all this. Let her go down. God didn't call us to be beggars. Glory to God. Amen. If you understand the writing on the wall, you'll sow into good ground and you'll reap a harvest. Nowhere am I going to sow money to a beggar. Because I enter into that begging mentality, and it isn't faith. It's appealing on your Christian ethics and emotions, and that's wrong to tell, to tell sad stories and get people to cry in order to receive a bigger offering. That's wrong, that's witchcraft, and I reject it all. The crowd gets really small. Well, I can't help it. There's going to be a judgment one of these days, and we're all going to give an account. Starting at the pulpit. Like one old timer said, the sacred desk, and that's exactly right, the sacred desk. Amen. Feed the flock of God. Amen. Now, verse 5, it goes on down, 
And the Bible says, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Uh-oh. That's the instruction. That, that's a command. That's not an option. But I see so many young people that have a rebellious spirit. It's troublesome to me. You forsake the counsel of the elders, you'll pay the price. Hear what I'm saying? You younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Then he goes on to say, include all of us, all of you. Be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. I don't like an arrogant person. God resists the proud but gives grace unto the humble. Amen. How many want some grace? Then we must reject pride. Pride tries to get a hold of people and make us feel better about ourselves and what we are. No, Isaiah said all our righteousness is filthy rags. So we don't have anything to boast about. Amen. Earned in Christ in us, the hope of glory, that's what we boast about. The only thing we boast about should be the only thing. Now I want to go to Ephesians chapter 1. We're all such a good mood today. Glory to God. Well, you know, turn to somebody and say, you need to change. You need to change, not me. Like one preacher, he had a small church, two or three people. Man, that's small. <laughs> He'd preach the same subject every morning. One night it snowed. One day it snowed. The only one that was left was a troublemaker. So he preached the same sermon to one person. After it was over with, that one person came up and said, Preacher, I sure wish it had been somebody here. You'd have sure got them told. <laughs> Isn't that the way we are? wonder who he's preaching to. Glory to God. Well, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to say if the brace fit, fits buckling on because I believe we're healed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ephesians 1 and verse 12, the Bible, that we should be to the praise and His glory who first trusted in Christ. Now we're going to bring to, bring to you something that the pastor should be teaching the flock. All right. That we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Okay, how many have trusted in Christ? Amen. You know exactly the time that you did. All right. That's good. In whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth. Now, these phrases kind of go together, so we don't want to section them off and make different points here. It's all kind of one deal. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in him also that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Everybody confess this with me. I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When did that occur? At the new birth. All right. Verse 14 now says, 
which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Now, I heard one teacher the other day say, wasn't from this church, I heard one person say, that body's redeemed. Now, wait a minute. Everybody say, wait a minute. The spirit and soul are redeemed. Amen. We shall be redeemed totally. However, right now, our body is not redeemed. Now, we're in a condition of being redeemed, which is being delivered or saved. But, we'll not be redeemed until Jesus comes. Now, this is the point I want to make. We shouldn't be looking for Jesus to come all the time. What we should be looking for is the redemption of our body. Glory to God. Because you see, when Jesus comes, the redemption of our body will manifest. The older I get, the more aches and pains I have, the more I realize Jesus is going to come no matter what. There's a certain day it's going to come. Uh, What I need to be reminding myself about I need to be looking for and anticipating the redemption of my body. When my body receives redemption, Jesus will be standing before me. Glory to God. He is the redemption. Now, if you don't have any aches and pains, then I guess you must be redeemed. What are you doing on the earth? Might as well go on to glory. The truth is the rapture hadn't occurred yet. And so I understand what this minister said, but the truth is, we're in a state of being redeemed. Our physical body is still getting older, still subject to the same thing the world faces. Hello. Where are we getting this supernatural, superman, macho, macho, hyperfaith? Furthermore, God is the creator not us. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't like this kind of teaching because you're upsetting my apple cart. God will give you pastors after his heart to teach you wisdom and knowledge. Amen. I don't like that. Well, then stalemate. You can't walk on water yet. Amen. When was I sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise? That's point number one. The answer is, when I was born again, born from above, I was sealed till the day of redemption. Amen. Are you listening to me? I don't know why folks want to tune me out every Sunday morning. What was the scripture I just quoted? We are sealed Till the day of redemption. That means I'm not totally redeemed yet. If that affects your hyperfaith in a negative way, then so be it. Because the truth is, we're still got to wear deodorant. Still have to brush our teeth. Some of you don't, I know. We still use Max Faster and Vidal Sassoon and 
we color our hair because it's getting gray, and some of us wear a little earring to make the flesh look better. If you think you're redeemed, just exhaling, or exhaling your breath gets rid of impurities. Oh, you're boring, preacher. Well, you know, there's other ways to get rid of impurities because your body's not redeemed yet. Like casting waste out the drought, urinating. When I told God I'd preach the full gospel, man, I... <laughs> but it's true. Does everybody here... If you don't, you're dead. It's just life. But to stop stop to think about how vile our body is. God, the Creator, became a human and He experienced all of these. Dear Lord. You're not getting that by 12 o'clock. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was sealed with the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, look at it now. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. In other words, the new birth was a down payment. Ensuring the fact I'm going to get the whole deal. But I don't have it yet. If I could explain it this way. Two thirds of your being is ready to roll. Your spirit and your soul. The body is the last thing that's going to be changed. If you're born again, your spirit's already changed. You won't be any more changed when you get to heaven. You can't be more saved. You're the Savior, you're not saved. Your soul's in a saved, preserved condition. And your body's the same. Amen. I wish we could be like the Catholic tried to do and which they were wrong. Bring people to repentance and then kill them. Send them to heaven that way. That way we'll be sure to get there. No. No, that was murder. And the real Christian church gets nailed for it. Well, the real Christians didn't do it. And I get upset when these guys get on TV and they're going to bring the expert on and tell us peons what the Bible says. Of course, they got a collar on. There's nothing wrong with the collar. But what they believe is, is, is they're the only ones that's right, and they're the, they're the Christians of the United States, and they're all Catholic. Well, the word Catholic means universal, so I guess in that sense, I'm a Catholic. We have the down payment of the inheritance. Look at verse 14 until their redemption. Is anybody getting this? Don't get down on yourself if you've got an acre of pain or something wrong somewhere. It's life. But thank God Jesus is the answer for all of it. Now, don't get in denial and Christian science and mind over matter and all this stuff. Doesn't help anything. If it helps, then why aren't you changed? So I just, I just think Christianity should be practical. We're looking forward to the inheritance, the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. The redemption of the purchased possession 
is our physical body. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I know, but we still face the same problems the world faces. You're going to get mad at me now. See, here's the problem. The problem is unbelief. For example, somebody's got cancer or bad sick. Well, you need to go to the doctor to get some medicine. I'm not against doctors, not against medicine. If we can find the medicine, we'll, we'll treat the symptom. But it doesn't heal the problem. God told the church, Oh, I might have to preach this next Sunday night. You can't take it here. Christ gave power to the church. The power should be in the church to heal everybody. We're all guilty. Well, how do we how do we how do we get that to operate like that like Christ originally intended? Well, the first thing is we're gonna have to pray a little bit more. We're gonna have to dare to believe God when everything looks like it's impossible. Now we're going to see if we've got that faith that it takes. Well, I'll bind this and I'll lose that. Listen to me, everybody. You can't bind a single thing if you're bound. By anything. Now I'm hoeing the garden today. Well, I'll bind that devil. I'll bind this and that. He's a spirit being... He knows if you have any thing inside of your heart that's bondage to you. It won't work. What's the answer? Before you start loosening binding, you've got to go to the cross and make sure you're right with God. Or it won't work. The good news is we can go to the cross and make sure we're right with God. And whatever we're wrestling with, ask for forgiveness, say forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness of whatever we're wrestling with that's got us in bondage so we can be loosed at the moment and then we can loose and bind as the Holy Spirit leads us. But that's no excuse to leave that in your life. If God tells you to get rid of chewing tobacco, bless God, you better get rid of it. It took me ten years. It took a preacher 10 years to get rid of the banky. <laughs> How can I tell somebody that it's wrong for them to chew when I do? You see what I'm saying? Can I get back on the subject now? That might be coming next Sunday night, so if you don't want to hear it, you best not come. Unless the Lord changes the message, all right? And he can do that too. Praise the Lord. How many has been saved today? Romans 8, 23. Oh boy, howdy. I didn't choose to be no preacher. And not only they, but ourselves. Now here comes the revelation. I just want us to be real. I want us to be real. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, all right? 
The first fruits of the Spirit is a new birth. I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. I'm in a preserved condition, but the curse is still on this earth. And our body is still under the curse. I know that goes wrong and don't take it too far, but why else are we aging? We've been redeemed from the curse. That was the curse of the law. How many is planting a garden this year, anybody? I went out there and there's some weeds. There was some weeds in that garden before I even planted anything. Like they knew I was coming to dirty rascals. Not only they also, but ourselves also, which had the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Why? Because this body is vile. It isn't right. We shouldn't have to wear glasses. We shouldn't have to get our teeth filled because we eat too much sugar. We shouldn't have to take vitamins and minerals and all that stuff all the time. We shouldn't be getting the stuff out of the food, but the food's no good. So we're overweight and starving to death. The body is. The physical. We're waiting for the adoption too with the redemption of our body. Does everybody see that in my preaching to myself? We are waiting for Jesus. Is that right? No, we are waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. That's what we're waiting for. It's not hard. Of course Jesus is going to come. That's when we're going to receive redemption for our body. When that time comes, I won't have to eat anything. I won't have to sleep. I'll never get tired. I have no impurities. I have no blood. But I'll be alive unto God. Holy Ghost flowing through these veins. Glory to God. My wife asked me a question. Well, what about the little babies that, you know, died before they were born and you know, I said, well, there's a seed, and every person that's conceived has that seed. And even though if your body's totally disintegrated and, and, and invisible in the, in the atoms, there's a seed, and God keeps track. And when the resurrection comes, he brings that seed to fruition, which is redemption of the body, and there it is. Praise God. Now... Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. You know, I might just uh, finish this tonight. I don't know. We'll see here in just a minute. Now we have part of this possession now with the balance coming at the resurrection. Could you accept that? Now I know what this person meant. Your body's been redeemed. But the truth is, it's in the state of being redeemed. You see, I want to get this one, two, three, so we'll not be confused about Christianity. It seems like that in the ministry, people have a tendency to go too far this way, it's sloppy agape, or too far this way, law of Moses. And there's got to be a balance in the house of God so that we can be free and yet be holy. God wants us both. We wait for the fulfillment of salvation, which is glorification. 
See, that's really what the Bible is talking about when it says, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, I want to make this perfectly clear. I am not kingdom now. Now, if we understand what we're saying about the kingdom being present, then I am. The kingdom of God has come now you. Preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Preach the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven has come now you. Yeah, certainly, but it's a spiritual kingdom. Jesus said it's kingdom of what in this world. So the literal kingdom hasn't showed up yet. And if you've been listening to Revelation teaching, it will not show up until Jesus comes back and sets up the kingdom on this earth. Then the kingdom will be present literally. Right now, it's a spiritual kingdom. We do not have complete dominion yet. Do we? But kingdom now teaches that, God help us, where do we get this heresy that we're going to make Jesus come back because we're going to make the world better. Well, Noah didn't make the world better. Paul the Apostle didn't make the world better. The truth is the world's going to get worse and worse and devolve to like the days of Noah. The only way the world's going to get better is for the one that created the world to come back and take control. Now he has some control through the church. We could have a lot of control if we understood how God operates in the church. Now I'm going to make a statement that upset everybody. Christ is going to come back for a church nothing less than what he left. Now hear me. Saved by the blood, filled with the Holy Ghost, tongue talkers. Huh? Come on. Believing the gifts of the Spirit, five-fold ministry in operation, power of God on the move, signs and wonders, miracles, various gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation, but persecution also... What are you saying? Well, you're not supposed to judge. Well, now, you know, I've heard people say, well, that old boy's a good old boy. He went to heaven. Is that a judgment? Now, I'm sick of that childish stuff. Grow up. Grow up. Well, you turn somebody and say, grow up a little bit. You're not supposed to judge. Bless you, Lord. Well, you know, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with spirit. Christ intended his church to be full of the Holy Ghost, tongue talkers, every single one without exception. What makes us think we can shun that message and be right with God? We hope you enjoyed today's message by Zion Word Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry, please visit us online at zwmi.com.